0: Hello, my name is Reverend Seth Nelson and I am the pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Ronan, Montana. Join in weekly to hear the good news of God's love proclaimed over your life. You can follow us on Podbean and iTunes. God bless you this day. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Peter's vision was crazy. He was hungry, perhaps, as they say, even hangry. You know that feeling when you're so hungry that it almost makes you delirious? That was Peter. He was hungry to the point of being delirious. Now, while he was waiting for somebody to make lunch, he went up to the roof to pray. In that hangry state, the crazy vision came to him. Acts tells us, he saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet coming down, being lowered to the ground by its four corners. In it were all kinds of four-footed creatures and reptiles and birds of the air. Like a trippy drug-addled scene from movies like Easy Rider or a Hunter S. Thompson book, Peter's vision is full of snakes, crocodiles, pigs, I don't know, even something like ostriches coming down on a blanket ready for him to eat. His stomach must have been groaning like crazy for such a weird vision to pop into his head. Here's the thing, though. The laws given to Moses prohibited Jews like Peter from ever eating delicious, the delicious meats in front of him. Bacon was prohibited. Bacon. I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> <clears throat> Have you ever eaten an ostrich? It's pretty tasty, actually. But this was a no-go for the descendants of Abraham. I'm not sure how many of you are prone to eating frog legs, rattlesnakes, sharks. But all of these were deemed unclean for Peter and his people to eat. In the vision, the Bible says Peter, quote, heard a voice saying, Get up, Peter, kill, and eat. But Peter said, By no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is profane or unclean. His whole life he had been taught that righteous living, the righteous living which our God, Yahweh, expected of him was to avoid tasty meats like the wonderful bacon or seafood delights or anything like that. No sushi for Peter, right? Here he was, though, being confronted by a voice and vision from the heavens, telling him to do the opposite of what God had been telling him to do his whole life. He was being commanded to do a new thing. When he resisted, God insisted, saying, what God has made clean, you must not call profane. So I, I'm sure that's the voice of heaven right <laughs> there. Now, let's beat up on Peter in his hangry state today. I think that many of us, in one way or another, have been more or less in the same boat. I hope that most of us have been taught our whole lives that it is wrong to lie, to steal, to cheat, to defraud, or even kill. I also hope that most of us have not practiced these sins in our own lives. As a result, how many of us have had a hard time believing that liars, thieves, adulterers, frauds, or even murderers are beyond, are are worthy of redemption? And we are prone to think that they are undeserving of love and should be cast out as unclean or profane. I know that I have been guilty of resisting the grace of God when God insists again and again and again, saying, my grace and my love are for all. What God has made clean, you must not call profane. Peter went on from this vision a few days later to encounter Cornelius, an Italian Roman Christian who was not Jewish, but was drawn to the Christian faith anyway. He truly believed in our God who was foreign to him, a God from a foreign people who lived in a foreign land. Based on what he was taught that God wanted, Peter believed that he should not even associate with somebody like Cornelius. Peter believed that God wanted him to call somebody like Cornelius unclean or profane for who he was and where he was from. God insisted otherwise. And through the vision, Peter knew it. In our first lesson for this Easter Sunday, we read Peter's profound sermon in which he said, I truly understand that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. Peter had been taught that God, wanted him, that God wanted him to show partiality, to forever make distinctions between himself, a Jew, and basically everyone else, Gentiles. And he had been taught that to show this kind of partiality was good and was holy. Now... God was insisting on a new thing. Cornelius and he were equal before the Lord. In Jesus Christ, all people from all lands stand alike before the throne of God. In his death and resurrection, all are made worthy of the eternal love of God that knows no end. In Jesus Christ, there is no partiality. And Nobody stands apart as unclean, or profane for God's righteous love extends to all now you may be thinking to yourself that's cool Pastor Seth I'm an accepting 21st century person and I love and accept all people thank you for preaching to the choir good I'm glad we're on the same page let me push a little further though and ask Even if you show no or little partiality to others, do you show yourself the same grace? I heard a young boy recently who was corrected on some fact or another say, you're right. I'm wrong. I'm so stupid. It broke my heart, honestly. To hear this kind of self-talk. I'm oh, sorry. <clears throat> I wish that every child believed without doubt that they are worthy and loved. To be honest, though, I must admit that I have said the same things or worse to myself throughout my life. How many of us have looked inside ourselves and said, "Unclean, profane. This part of me has no place in the kingdom of God. This part of me is unworthy of love." Have you ever beaten up on yourself for not being smart enough, hardworking enough, faithful enough, driven enough, good enough, whatever enough? To you here today, I'm going to insist on God's behalf. Even though you may resist and say, I must say, on God's behalf, Do not show that kind of partiality to yourself. What God has made clean, you must not call profane. God loves you a whole heck of a lot. And he was even willing to rise from the dead to prove that to you. Do not resist God's salvation, for God insists that you are loved. This Easter morning... We rejoice that we have all been washed clean by the blood of the Lamb. This morning we can rejoice that Jews and Gentiles are free to feast as equals. People from all nations and walks of life can walk together as one. And every part of our inner and outer selves is being redeemed this very day. For God loves us all and means to raise us all together for whatever hells we may live through to new lives that we cannot yet even imagine. Today, however hard we may resist, God insists that the resurrection is for each and every one of us, through and through. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. I hope that you have enjoyed this week's sermon podcast. If you would like to hear more, read my blog, or get a copy of my book called The Church Unknown, go to www.revsethnelson.com. If you feel called to support our ministry, I invite you to go to our church's website at flcronan.org and click on the offerings tab. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious unto you.